Skeptic. I'm your conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer, and I think we today we have the, I think the furthest east of me guest ever in the history of the conspiracy skeptic. Probably the furthest north too. Um, uh, Jacob Jacob Turin. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yeah, I think you did. I'm honored to be the first of so many categories. Okay, and I guess for, from your accent, people can tell you're you're from France, right? Exactly. I'm actually from the southern France. Southern France. <laughs> How's the weather there? Well, it's rainy right now, but uh, it should be okay. Yeah. Uh, keep people from being fooled. No, you're not actually from the south of France. You're from uh, uh, a far more beautiful country. Yes, I am from the mystical uh, kingdom of Sweden, actually. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're, you're the first continental person I think I've ever talked talk to. Yeah. This is cool. Cause it, yeah. Some people in, in the UK, but uh, uh, do, do Europeans consider the UK part of Europe or? We consider it a part of Europe, but they don't consider themselves a part of Europe. They usually divide it, divide it into the UK and Europe. Okay. Okay. But we usually say mainland Europe or Europe, depending oh. on what we mean. Okay. What, 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 where, where do you live in Sweden? Uh, in the beautiful university city of Uppsala. Oh, Uppsala. So, so fans of uh, Vikings, uh, a show on History Channel here, will remember Uppsala. That's where the uh, the Vikings they went to s- sacrifice. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Go to sac- <laughs> sacrifice their Catholic priest hostage. Ah, I haven't actually seen it, but I've heard it's pretty hilarious in its extreme masculinity and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how people in um, sort of uh, Scandinavia would feel about the show, but when, when I watch it, it seems kind of um, historical, which is unusual for America's history channel, that like a, a work of fiction is actually the most historically accurate thing on that on that damn TV station, so... Yeah, well, I heard I heard it's pretty accurate, and I've looked up some characters that I've heard about, and they they haven't actually lived, so that's good, I suppose. Okay, all right. So, that's, um, so there's a f- little bit of biographical data. So you're you're uh, you're you're in Sweden, and in ha- how old are you? I'm twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay, and uh, and you're studying chemistry. Well, I studied chemistry, uh, but I'm now settling down on possibly studying language instead. Okay. And uh, in that case, uh, probably Swedish, actually. Okay, all right. And, uh, and you're, you're, you're kind of like a rock god, aren't you, or something? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm absolutely a rock god. I play in a rock band here <laughs> in Bala. Wow, can, can you reveal the name of your, your band? I can reveal it. It's called Democracyship. Okay. It's sort of like an edgy combination of democracy and dictatorship. Oh, okay. And what kind what kind of music do you guys play? What's your what's your your genre? Well, probably rock music basically. We have a pretty wide uh, variety of influences so to say. I'm a huge fan of 90s grunge <laughs> and especially the uh, of the British group Bush. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Sort of post-grunge group. And we have a, uh, a guitarist and a singer who is a huge fan of almost everything, and especially uh, pop music and of uh, sort of uh, older rock music. We have a bassist who likes doom uh, rock and metal, and we have a drummer who, well, basically listens to most things, but mainly metal. Okay, all right. Sorry, what, what instrument do you play? I play the lead guitar. Okay, cool. Like, Any vocals, or just you're just strictly? Well, we're uh, thinking about incorporating backup vocals as well, but we haven't done it yet. Okay, all right then. Okay, so all right, so leaping from. Um, kind of uh, historical realism Vikings yeah. to we're going to jump into a conspiracy that is uh, uh, j- just really out there you you, you kind of uh, discovered this and sort of were telling me about it and I'm like let's get this on this, yeah so what what is what is your favorite conspiracy well obviously is that obviously it is that the atomic bomb doesn't work and have never worked and will never work in the future either. Right, right. Just it's just simply the some guy argues it's simply physically impossible for to make an atomic bomb. Exactly. And he uses the same sort of combination of photographic evidence and shoddy logic to do it. Okay, yeah. And and this is this is this one guy or it, like has he attracted any followers or I, I mean anybody will attract a few followers, but like, what? What is? Does he have a significant following? I don't think he is. I've seen some evidence on the James Randi forums that he were trolling around there, and he hasn't really. I think he was banned from there. He was he was banned from the uh, Swedish Skeptics Association's forum, uh, which is where I found him, because he just started to get really mean to people when they said that he was an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sort of in the process. The, the um, Canadian film came out claiming there was like a Vietnam vet sort of left behind in, uh, oh. in Vietnam. And, and this Canadian filmmaker sort of claims he's found him. And, and they've run DNA tests on this guy and he's just, he's not this missing soldier. And, and uh, but, but there are people that really believe and uh, it, it is, it is kind of, it is sort of easy in these sort of arguments, so yeah, completely lose your head. But it, it's there. there there's, a, there's a certain joy in remaining very polite and very cool <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you're arguing against extremely uh, emotional people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think that as well. And I kind of tend to uh, view scientific issues pretty seriously. So when I argue against these sort of irrational people, it's usually me who am the most uh, put together and composed of the two. Right, right. All right. So, uh, and, and this this guy, he's. Uh, do, can we say his name? Are there are there strong libel laws in? Uh, I don't think actually we can be sued for it. Uh, it's not like in the United States or in the or in Great Britain at all. Okay. All right. Uh, because he puts himself out. By name on the net with all these claims. Okay, so who who what, what what's his character's name? Anders Björkman. Anders Björkman, master of science, uh-huh. also. But I should say that there is some confusion if this is actually the guy, because there is an Anders Björkman who 
has the uh, sort of background information as as this guy's this guy claims to have but there isn't really any solid proof that it is the guy because there aren't any videos or something like that it's just picture it's there are just pictures of him oh okay all right because i was i was looking at his website and he's mm-hmm. it, now if this is the guy he seems to own some sort of um uh naval engineering company or or, or something yeah he builds uh, ships and has a degree in uh, naval architecture from the uh, Chalmers uh, Technical College in Gothenburg, which is a very, it's a very uh, good school as well. Okay, the the, the MIT of, of of Scandinavia. No, that's actually the Stockholm uh, Royal Academy of Sciences, oh, but okay. uh, it's it's up there at least. Okay, they're no slouches, you're saying? No, they're not. Okay. And their uh, architecture, um, architecture education is very, very prestigious in Sweden. Okay, and and they've they've learned a lot since they built that giant ship that kind of just sank two minutes after. Yeah, Vasa. Awesome. <laughs> okay, all right. We but, should have we should have learned a few things in five hundred years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So so now 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 this guy he um. He, he does believe nuclear power plants. Were, and I, sorry, I, okay, I gotta warn my listeners. I say nuclear like George Bush says nuclear, and and I know I sound stupid. My only defense is Mark Chrislip from um, Quackcast also says nuclear just like me. So there are other smart people out there, or smarter people than me, that say it like that. So so, but but, and I always have to warn people when when I say nuclear. I hear myself saying it like all of you smart people say nuclear, but say it correctly. So, so I, I don't know why I say it wrong. So please just bear with me. Okay. So, well, you're good company at least. Okay. So, so this guy, um, he, 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 so he does believe nuclear reactors work. He just doesn't yep. think there he could does. ever be a runaway boom. I've actually not really been able to verify this but it seems like yeah, yeah i haven't really seen what he says about modern nuclear bombs uh the only sort of claims that he has are of uh, the first nuclear bomb that was dropped on hiroshima okay and, and so um so now what what what's his like what are his arguments why nuclear bombs cannot possibly work well because well the first one if you read the website is obviously because the united states are the axis of evil basically okay are uh, prepared to do anything to uh, keep a reign of terror over the world um but most of the things are engineering wise in the bomb little boy that was little boy that was dropped on Hiroshima. And the first one is, um, I maybe should go over how they were, how it worked. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but, but, sorry, but to be clear, they, they, they did, they made three bombs, right? That one, they, they tested one. Yep. And then there, and then they dropped little boy on Hiroshima and then something called fat man on, on Nagasaki. Yeah, and Little Boy was based on uranium, and Fat Man was based on plutonium. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, and they work a bit different as well, and his only claims are 
with Little Boy. Okay. Uh, and Little Boy worked basically that there were a uh, tube, so to say, and there were two blocks of uranium on either side okay. in uh, divided into rings. And uh, behind the uh, one part, the uh, one of the rings sections, so to say, there was a, um, well, a powder cake, basically. There was an explosive device. And when there was a certain, when, it, when the bomb detonated, the uh, explosive charged, charge uh, pushed one of the plutonium pieces, sorry, uranium pieces, into the other and uh, achieved critical mass, and it exploded. I think they, they, call, they call it the gun, like a sort of the gun yeah. device or something. Exactly, a gun-type nuclear device or something like that, because it works exactly like a gun. <laughs> yeah. Say it's a uh, explosive uh, device which shoots something through a tube. Right. And uh, his first claim, I just pull out, pulled out some claims because there are a lot of them. And the first one was that uh, we have two. The two sections were called differently. The uh, something different. The one that was shot into the other was called the pro- projectile rings. Okay. Projectile rings. And uh, the one that was hit was called the target rings. And his first claim was actually that why, how come the projectile rings didn't fall down on the target rings before it fell, before it should have exploded? Uh, Because if if it fell face down, so to say, the bomb with the uh, nose cone down... (laughs) Those rings should have fallen down and down at the uh, target rings before the uh, explosion took place. And one of the uh, members of the forum that I found this on had a very, very good analogy for this. And he just said simply, well, if that is true, why don't the bullet fall out of the... uh, Pipe of a uh, yeah, and it's a it's a very good explanation because well, it fa- it fell sideways from the plane uh, and the cone didn't go first, <laughs> and he just assumed that it did because there was a cone, but it actually didn't because both of the sides of the bomb were about equally as heavy, <laughs> so it fell sideways. And therefore, it wasn't really any danger that the gravity should uh, uh, make the projectile projectile rings fall first. Okay. Yeah. And so the the therefore the explosion could could trigger the rings and may create the critical mass with the the target rings. It's one of those cases where it's like I, I must be the smartest engineer in the world because. No other engineer could ever look at this design and go, okay, if the bomb's going to fall, nose first. Hmm, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's the Kruger-Dunning effect. Uh, Someone who is incompetent is unable to see himself that he is incompetent. 
the, the Kruger Dunning effect. I, I my mnemonic for remembering that term is I think a Freddy and and no no slight against the the Dunning person, but I remember Freddy Krueger and Brian Dunning from Skeptoid. Mm-hmm. Kruger Dunning, anyways. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you listen to Skeptoid, but <laughs> I do. I do okay. occasionally. It's very good for sort of tidbits of skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Skeptical problems. Oh, and I should maybe apologize to the reader, to the listener, sorry, because I'm not, I don't speak English as my first language. So there are sometimes some anomalies in pronunciation and things like that. No, it sounds, sounds perfect to me. No, oh, thank you. Okay, great. Okay. So, all right. So, 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 for, first of all, his, so his idea, right, is that, is that mechanically he thinks the bomb could not have, have worked. Exactly. It 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 shouldn't have worked mechanically in his world world. And you sh- I should probably say as well that little boy was made to be completely so that an idiot can use it. Basically, it 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 was made as a weapon that would guaranteed work every time. So it was pretty dangerous from a security perspective. Uh, there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong with it, okay. uh, and luckily or unluckily, depends on what what perspective you take on it. It worked pretty good, actually. Okay, and and so so uh, so mechanically, but does, does he have any kind of like physics, or does he invent new physics to sort of show <laughs> that if you could have a critical mass, that you would not release an explosive amount of energy? Yeah, he has some of that as well, but I haven't made the calculations myself, so I just didn't have them as main points. But the he does say that only 1.5% of the uh, critical mass actually exploded uh, as an argument, and there were I didn't really actually see in what way this was an argument, because if there was enough energy in this, then uh, it doesn't matter if there was 1.5% of all the critical mass that exploded. Yeah. yeah. If it was enough. Um, and that's, it's easily explained why just 1.5% exploded. And that was because when the explosion started, uh, the critical mass became non-critical again. So only 1.5% had time to react before it exploded. But that, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember there, there was a really good book. Um, I think the guy even references it in his his page called "The, the Making of the Atomic Bomb," oh. and and, um, and uh, there's like I mean, literally at one point in history, there were like maybe like three men, and they're all in New York, and they were all you know they were the the three nuclear scientists who kind of realized, oh crap, you know like we could create an atomic bomb, you know, it was very theoretical then, and, and they were like standing on, I think, the balcony of one of the guy's apartments, you know, in Manhattan, which might be where they call it the Manhattan Project, but they're sort of looking out, and they sort of, Kai kind of made, like, cupped his hands, sort of like, that's, yeah, this whole city could be wiped out, and that's all we need, you know, in, in enriched uranium to wipe out the, uh, wipe out Manhattan, basically, so... Yeah, it was. It's pretty. There are pretty some pretty amazing forces that works here, and it's uh, well, it's pretty scary what kind of forces that we are dealing with, actually. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was sort of too, like, I think at that point they kind of realized, like, oh, you know, maybe maybe Amateur Hour is over. And then they got, uh, I think they got, like, Enrico Fer- Fermi to go to, the like, the, the, the Department of the Navy. He had a contact there and sort of warned them about, look, w- people can start making atomic bombs. You know, there's these Germans. Uh, we should be taking a look at this. And then, and then be, because he was, you know, Italian, they, they kind of discounted him. Like, not even go, well, this guy had won a Nobel Prize. No, he was just some crazy Italian in their office. Like, they completely <laughs> just discounted him. So this is why they, they actually had then to go to Einstein, who had oh. his level of fame at that point, and said, look, they're, they're not going to listen to an Italian who's won a Nobel Prize. You've got to say something. So... <laughs> Well, he actually mentions he actually mentions Einstein as well, uh, and he just very briefly to say that well, you know the general theory of re- relativity. All the um, particle physicists have just misunderstood it, except him. <laughs> yeah, except him because he he looks at um, uh, the equation, so to say, and say well, instead say that well. It's obvious that this sort of energy can't be produced, so therefore it must be they must have interpreted wrong. It's sort of that no I mean that we have i mean we have all kinds of footage of like like bikini atoll you know i mean that would be that was a hydrogen bomb which yeah. sort of uses sort of fusion, but I mean you need fission to create the fusion so so how, how does he explain this this like aerial footage of an island just being completely wiped out? Well, they're doctored, of course. Oh. Uh, they are faked, naturally. What kind of idiot do you take him for? <laughs> and I've actually, I actually heard when they made the first hydrogen bomb that they were very afraid that the hydrogen would actually uh, react with the hydrogen in the oceans and therefore explode the entire Earth. Oh, right, yeah. And it was lucky that it didn't. Should I say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they had a high degree of confidence, but you know, there's yeah. always that in science. There's always that. Well, exactly. Does, yeah, exactly. Now, why does why doesn't it take on like cause Fat Man? Because Fat Man was like a plutonium uh, bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and and that that you see, you got the plutonium, and then you kind of surround it with like uh, explosive charges, and that then pushes the plutonium. Together and, and you kind of create a, kind of like a critical mass that way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It uh, compresses the plutonium and therefore creates a a um, critical mass, so to say. Okay. And uh, one other thing that I think is very remarkable, which is of course very European, is that he's not very fond of American, fond of Americans. Uh, Stu- stupid Americans. He says. Yeah, that's that's basically stupid. Americans are stupid and they are um, easy to control and easily scared. Yeah, it's, his site does seem to sort of say over and over again, "We can't make atomic bombs, so stop worrying. We can't make atomic bombs. Quit worrying about this. There's nothing to worry people." Like, like it does sort of seem like maybe he's scared witless and, and he's just trying to find something to 
as many conspiracy people do, you know, they're 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 just really frightened about something, and they're looking for some overarching conspiracy theory that relieves them psychically of all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, I think paranoia is actually a quite important part of any conspiracy. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you could, you could, if you're very afraid of things, you could either be a conspiracy theorist or you could be a horror writer because Stephen King, for example, had extreme fears as a child. Uh, and he has, a, he actually mentioned that, uh, he was at the cinema when he was a child and he said that, uh, the Russians had sent up a satellite. I thought it was, I think it was Sputnik actually. Sputnik, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's, he sat the entire horror movie that he was watching, deadly afraid that the Soviets had put nuclear weapons on the Sputnik uh, to bomb the U.S. So, and he, in some way, channeled that childhood fear into starting to, starting to write horror movies, uh, horror novels. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, because we, well, you're... You're, you're 22, but I mean, I, I lived during the worst of the Cold War when we, every single day you woke up thinking, today might be the day, right? You know, I might mm. be 20 minutes away from, from being vaporized. And, exactly. And, um, and, yeah, and, and, and we also kind of forget that, you know, that the, for the, I mean, especially in America, America had not, no one had touched them in any wars for, I mean, other than War 1812, go mm. Canada. But, yeah, um, exactly. you know, the, 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 they've been a nation, you know, a, a, not, their shores not a, having to ever worry it. And, and so for the first time ever, they've, the, 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 the collective consciousness had to get their minds around the idea that, these godless people could wipe us out in in no time, right? You know exactly. And this guy was born in '46, so it's very possible that he formulated this during the Cold War as a coping, a way of coping with the right. threat of nuclear annihilation. And I mean, we were just next to the Russians, so the Soviets. So should the U.S. start to bomb them, we would probably go under as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was Finland, but I mean, Finland and Sweden were some of the first mm-hmm. to sort of detect the um, Cher- the Chernobyl disaster, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, mushrooms in northern Sweden and in uh, eastern Sweden were, was among the first things that we noticed uh, there were radiation in. So uh, we weren't allowed to uh, pluck wild mushrooms for a couple of years because of that. Would this be like telling Canadians no no maple syrup for two years? <laughs> yeah, we sure love our mushrooms. Okay. Well, Sweden has a uh, old custom uh, called every man's right, which means that uh, every citizen can go out into the forest and forage for berries and mushrooms and things like that. Oh, so uh, foraging culture is pretty big here, so they probably had to go out and say that you shouldn't you should probably not eat those mushrooms. Oh, okay. Now, now the Japanese, I'm guessing they 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 have a different opinion, right? Like, well, they're in on it, of course. <laughs> okay. Because who benefited? Kibono, right? Exactly. Because this allowed them to bow out of the war, so to say, gracefully. Uh, exactly, and most of all, they could negotiate a peace treaty where the Soviets weren't allowed to occupy them. Right, except, and, except those oil 
producing islands. Exactly. <laughs> Apart from them. <laughs> that was at the Curial Isles or mm-hmm. or Saclin Isles or something. Exactly, something like that. Yeah, they're just rich. They're just lousy <laughs> with, with oil. <laughs> exactly. They probably float on oil. oil. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. So or so the, sorry, the Japanese are in it. So, but how how do how does he explain? Like, I mean, we've seen all the, the awful footage of like kids exactly. with these keloid exactly. scars from. Well, they're they're also also faked, of course, but he explains the devastation of the cities with uh, sort of good old-fashioned Nepal, uh, and compares it to other cities uh, in Japan that was bombed by conventional uh, aircraft raids with Nepal. Right, uh, and he he uh, calculated that there were somewhere along four hundred. Three or four hundred planes that bombed between uh, three a.m. to five a.m. with uh, one and a half ton of napalm. No, sorry, fifteen fifteen hundred tons of napalm. Right. To uh, destroy all of the buildings except the uh, concrete buildings, which is also one of his uh, pieces of proof that it doesn't actually exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when they sort of look at you know, people will say, "Well, you know, any kind of conventional bombing raid, like 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 napalm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, was far more devastating." You know, I mean, some raids might kill like two hundred thousand people or something versus exactly. the seventy-five thousand, roughly, that maybe died in uh, each of those cities. But, exactly. but they sort of missed the point that it took, you know, it took whole waves of planes, yeah. you know, versus exactly. one bomb. And, and the Japanese at that point, you know. Everyone sees one plane, one bomb, and they have no idea if, you know, a month from now, waves of B-29s are going to be coming over mm. all with one of those bombs, right? You know? Yeah, and his, his sort of timeline is that they started bombing with these uh, aircrafts uh, in the middle of the night, of course, uh, and uh, continued for 24 hours, more than 24 hours, 26 hours, actually, and... After that, there came a uh, single aircraft that dropped a uh, petroleum bomb at a uh, section of petroleum mist to make a uh, flash. Okay. So it sh- so it sh- were to look like there was an atomic bomb oh. that had exploded. But I, I suppose that all these uh, Japanese that saw just one plane dropping a beam of light are in on it. As well, of course, obviously. Okay. Wow. Now, um, let's see. The uh, there, there was sort of like a conspiracy, or that that like like the Germans had sort of developed their own atomic bomb. This is sort of a little tangential point, but um, like when, when reading the making the atomic bomb, there's an interesting stat in there to 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 um, to sort of. Um, Purifier kind of refine the uranium because because only a sm- only one I think isotope of uranium can can be used to make an atomic bomb. So so yes yeah and and, and back then the technology was fairly primitive and, and they, it required something like like twenty percent of America's electrical output exactly exactly yeah, yeah to refine enough uranium like for one bomb yeah two and- or something. Yeah, and that is one of his claims as well. The um, 
the isotope of uranium that is visible is uh, uranium-235. And uh, he actually claims that one of the one of the reasons that there couldn't be, have been an atomic bomb is because it requires so much power to isolate this isotope. Uh, it requires so much power with electromagnetic isotope separation, uranium enrichment is the technique called, uh, that someone should have noticed if it act- had actually happened. And I haven't actually seen anything to refute this claim, but I haven't actually seen anything that says that no one noticed either. So it's mainly just a asking questions in quotation marks that conspiracy theorists are so fond of doing. Oh, okay. So so he's trying to say that that, you know, you know, if suddenly twenty percent of the power grid went went away, somebody would go where is that electricity all going to? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I, I suppose that during a war that people were actually maybe more understanding that power might have been needed to kill some Germans or something. Yeah, and and, and as well, you know, if if you know if spies knew, okay, now what would America be suddenly diverting 20% of its electricity to? It would definitely be something that they would keep very, very secret, you know. Exactly. It just wouldn't become public knowledge, that there would be ways of of, of sort of cloaking that. Yeah, exactly. They could probably divert some power from many parts of the country so that there was just a little power missing on each place, so to say. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... um, now, so he's he's also like so like Israel and Iran there. Mm-hmm. The other, he's working. He works this all into his argument. What's what's this? What's his take on Iran and and Israel? What's what's their game? Well, what I what I seem to seen is that uh, Israel is on in on it, of course, since they are evil Zionists and everything like that. And I think. What he says about Iran is that it's a lie from the United States and Israel to make them divert money to developing a nuclear bomb that wouldn't work anyway. Right. So it's a sort of economical uh, terrorism, so to say, against Iran. Okay. Yeah, he, he – one of his parts, he sort of um, – it's, it's, it's like not like a several pages. It's just kind of like one big long Tombstone mm. of a it's, it's very hard to read. Yeah, and uh, he he kind of like totals up, you know, the billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been spent on you know nuclear weapons, and therefore, you know, um, therefore what? <laughs> like, well, therefore there are uh, upper echelon of the United States military that has taken all that money <laughs> and off. just said. They, yeah, they put it in the pockets and said, well, just write it up in nuclear research. And no one will look ever where the money get went. Okay. Now, without, without really sort of getting to too many details, this guy is, um, he also believes we never went to the moon. And he exactly. He's a 9-11 truther. And yep. And about the Estonia disaster as well, which uh, anyone who lives uh, along the Baltic, know, Baltic knows about. But it was in '94 uh, that a uh, car and personal carrier carrying ferry named Estonia uh, sunk in the Baltic, uh, killing about 800 
people, I believe. I don't have the number in my head, but I think it was 800 people. kind of sank at night, didn't it? Or? Yeah, it sank at night, and it was very rough weather, so it lost its, it lost its uh, bow visor, and water leaked in that way, okay. and uh, sunk it. And he, of course, as a major authority on boat building, claims that this never happened, and it was a government plot for something. <laughs> Killing 800 people to eliminate the one person, maybe? They exactly, get, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but yeah, this guy is a bit of a piece of work, isn't he? He's very strange, and he's very condescending as well. Uh, I saw I saw in this uh, comment thread on the forum that he is extremely condescending, and uh, he talks down to several members who actually knows more about particle physics and nuclear physics than he does, and call it a sandbox and children and things like that. Right, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, so definitely he's coming from that, like, I know more about this than everybody else. Exactly. I'm seeing something. Yeah, I mean, that, that's another kind of uh, thing, too, like a lot of these guys. Um, I, I think if you listen to Skeptic's Guide, right, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, they, they were talking about these two guys in Buffalo who think there's no gravity, it's all just solar wind. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually a pa- uh, Pastafarian, so I believe in intelligent falling. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, But yeah, yeah it, it, a lot of times right, it tends to be people from outside of the discipline who just just think they see something that simplifies something in their mind and 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 then, and they just go right down a rabbit hole you know exactly they exactly. don't yeah they, they sort of just refuse to go okay no no if if this is true then this is false and this is false and this is false and this is false and instead of going oh okay maybe my my beautiful elegant idea isn't that beautiful elegant they go well, it must be then. It must be false. Because that I because I've I came up with the idea and I'm not an idiot, so therefore everything else must be false. Yeah. Wow. All right. And anything else you want to add about the? Uh... Yeah, it's he has a very interesting uh, interesting sort of uh, take because he uses the usual conspiracy theorist way of analyzing photographs, uh, and he says that he compares photographs of uh, the napalm bomb bomb cities with uh, Hiroshima (laughs) and says that, well, in these both both pictures there are um, uh, cement buildings standing, concrete buildings standing, so obviously there must have been napalm in both uh, cases. Uh, And he actually has the uh, Bank of Japan building as a piece of evidence because this building was uh, 380 meters uh, sideways from, uh, and I'm actually using meters here, uh, because I'm European and obnoxious, uh, was 380 meters from uh, the ground zero for the bomb. And it's still standing, and this is obvious proof that uh, there was a conspiracy. It could not have possibly... Stood. Exactly, because uh, in the pictures of uh, napalm bombs, it is there are uh, uh, concrete buildings standing as well. So obviously, it must be napalm. But he actually doesn't really understand what kind of building that is, 
because the Bank of Japan was built to withstand very powerful earthquakes and uh, therefore is still standing. But if you look at more pictures, you see that there are plenty of concrete buildings that has fallen in Hiroshima because of the uh, blast. And you can also see there is actually a web page discussing the Bank of Japan building. Mm. And it had um, uh, uh, oh, so, oh, sort of bomb-proof shutters uh, before the windows that was closable. So when uh, the bomb exploded, several of those were closed uh, and therefore protected the interior, but not the people inside. But on the top floor, they weren't closed, and therefore the uh, the interior got completely annihilated, except for the uh, building itself, so to say. Okay. You can also see in the old wooden furniture, in the wooden paneling, that there are glass, glass shards embedded in the wood from the blast. Okay. So it, it was pretty powerful. Now, now, a lot of people kind of you know, think, well, I mean, you don't want to be in the fireball of an atomic explosion, obviously. But no. I think it's like, was it like overpressure? Is that, 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 is, a, that is a huge destructive force. To... Exactly. Uh, several miles from the explosion, people got thrown to their feet by the pressure, so to say. And uh, I've also heard, uh, I've also heard uh, descriptions that... Uh, we a blaze of grass got embedded into po- people's backs like like needles by the extreme pressure. And there's also a pretty sad story with this uh, uh, building because uh, there are uh, millions of uh, folded paper cranes, uh, which is you know a uh, uh, origami, yeah, an origami thing. And it's a symbol for hope and peace, because uh, there was a uh, boy that got exposed to the explosion at age two, and he was diagnosed with leukemia at age 11. And uh, she, it was a she, sorry, uh, and she started to make uh, 1,000 paper cranes, because it says so in the Japanese folklore that if you false 1,000 of them, your uh, wishes can come through. And uh, she, of course, didn't want to have leukemia. But unfortunately, despite she uh, actually folding 1,000 cranes, she uh, passed away. And that's actually pretty sad. And uh, But that's, of course, the conspiracy is just uh, tugging at our heartstrings. Right, right, yeah. Oh, man. All right. And, uh, okay, and, any other... Any other? Well, I have one thing, more thing, actually. Uh, And uh, he actually, and this is for any poor uh, nuclear physics trained uh, skeptic out there. He actually offers 1,000,000 euros for anyone who can prove him wrong uh, about either World Trade Center, the moon landing, or the atomic bomb. But, of course, he is the arbiter of when he's proven wrong. Yeah. So I wouldn't actually count on getting any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another, yes, another one of these hollow. I was exactly, exactly. Hope well, it's just like it's just like the one million challenge from the James Randi Educational Foundation, right? Yeah, right. Fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. At least, at least that one is, uh, uh, third, you know, uh, judged by a, you know, sort of a third party if, uh, if, if, if such is required, right? You know. Exactly. But yeah. they're of course in on it. Yeah. yeah. Naturally. Wow. All right then. Okay. Uh, so, so Sweden. Uh, let me. Let me so I, we don't get to talk to a lot of Swedish people. If it, what? Um, how do you afford to live in Sweden? Because I was looking about going there on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, well, it's really expensive here. But I actually, we actually have higher salaries as well. Okay. Uh, and we there are a lot of things that we don't have to pay for. For example, health care and right. things like that. We pay about... $20, I think, for any sort of medical procedure, no matter how severe it is. Okay. So that's a lot of lots taken care of. But as such, we have a 25% sales tax, for example, which makes living here quite expensive. Okay. But we also make more money. And uh, I, as a student, for example, do not work, but we can take very subsidized loans from the government so uh, we managed to survive as well because they're actually quite uh, generous. Okay. All right. and, and, and you're all kind of a happy people there, aren't you? Studies. Of yeah, <laughs> we are very happy. Uh, we are extremely happy here. <laughs> what's, what's, the saddest, what's the saddest thing in your day, your typical day? When I look out and only see darkness. <laughs> There's that, I guess, right? Well, in the winter, there is like six hours sunlight and it can be pretty depressing after a while oh, but in the summer there are usually 18 hours of sunlight so it compensates quite a bit right. so how do you how do you stay chipper in winter time like what's what the, are there strategies like coffee lots of coffee well a lot of coffee and we drink a lot as well okay. uh, and that's usually that helps uh but, uh, I mean, there are a, a lot of Swedes migrate like lemmings southwards, especially to Thailand mm. and uh, the Spanish Isles, like uh, Mallorca and places like that. Ah, okay. So the people who don't think, the people who really can take the darkness, they migrate south okay. during the winter. The, I, the, um I, I mistakenly called you Norwegian a little while ago, and then yeah. I, I quickly apologized. <laughs> now, I, 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 Norwegian history fascinates me because, you know, most of the rest of the world wants to be part of Sweden, whereas the yeah. Norwegians were like, we're, we're getting out of here. <laughs> Are you guys like kind of just – because, you know, it's like Michigan and Ohio, those people – make fun of each other all the time and, yeah. and you know we make fun of like people from Newfoundland and you, do you guys yeah, yeah do you guys make fun like is there a, that kind of between yeah there, there is a whole genre of jokes uh, on the <laughs> both sides of the borders called Swedish jokes and uh, Norwegian jokes and they're usually just displaying how stupid the other side is for example why did the why do the Norwegians sneak past the pharmacy why? Uh, to not wake up the sleeping pills, of course. Because <laughs> that would be uh, people from Ohio. Sorry, people from mm. Ohio. Uh, and there, of course, also the classic. There was a Norwegian, a nun, and a scout on a, an airplane. 
And uh, when they were pretty high up, the pilot uh, announced very calmly, as they do, that the plane was going to crash. Yeah, uh, and they looked at the back of the plane, and uh, there were three parachutes. So the pilot grabbed one and jumped out. The Norwegian jumped. They grabbed one and jumped out. And the nun said to the Boy Scout, she said, take that parachute, boy. Uh, I've lived a long and full life in the service of the Lord, and I can die with a good conscience. And the scout, Boy Scout just smiled and said, oh, no, no, there are two parachutes. The Norwegian took my backpack. <laughs> no, right. And in Norway, they are, uh, they are reversed, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so um, so final questions. Um, Do do you have a blog or anything like that? No, I don't have a blog, so I thought I'd take the opportunity to plug my band, at least. Okay, right, right. And your band, again, was... Democracy. Democracy, okay. And and what is your your handle or alias on on, on the JREF board? I'm not on the JREF board, but I am on the... But I'm planning on going to the ERF board, oh, and I okay. will probably use my usual handle, which is J A K K E. Okay, okay. And 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 you pronounce your last name again. Turin. Turin. Okay. Because anybody in in North America would say Thorin, as in like the the from Lord of the or the Hobbit. Exactly, and that was that is why God hates you. <laughs> I'm like not 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 only are you the most east and statistically happiest person I've ever had on conspiracy skeptic, but you also have the best name ever. Thank you. Yeah. I've actually I actually noted I actually got to hear that when I was in seventh grade or something when we started to reading Bilbo. Oh, okay. I hope this isn't like bringing back bad memories i'm sorry no no it's not it's not a problem at all but i think actually it was the swedish woman who sued the uh american film company i believe it's an american that did that did the first bilbo movie because uh one of the dwarves is called oakenshield and uh she, her name is ekrold ekrold which is oakenshield in swedish so she thought she felt violated that they had used her name in the movie. Okay. All right. And uh, did, you, did you go to any kind of skeptical conferences or? Uh, I would love to go to uh, Time London, for example, but I haven't had, I haven't afforded, been able to afford that yet. Um, and yes. I don't think I'll go to the European Skeptics Conference in Stockholm this year either. Okay. Because I don't think I have the time for it, unfortunately. Should, should you get to a skeptical conference and someone goes, Hey, heard you a conspiracy skeptic. Can I buy you a... What would, what would you want someone to buy you? Well, a nice whiskey could be nice. Okay, cool. And uh, and if you were to join... Do you have to do your military service in uh, Sweden? We, we had to. Uh, and I was actually at the conscri- conscription office when I turned 18. Okay. But that was when, just when we started to uh, divert the uh, Swedish def- armed forces to a more uh, voluntary-based uh, army. So I actually, I actually didn't have to lay in the forest for eight months having someone scream at me. Wonderful. All right. So if you had to join a science fiction or fantasy military, what, what would what would you join just for the uni- coolness of the uniform? I've actually really liked the. Uh, 
uniforms they have in the beginning of Firefly, the uh, sort of rebels that uh, the captain is a part of. Ah, the brown coat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you exactly would, uh, the brown coats. You um, would, yeah, you'd rock the brown coat. That is, that is for sure. I would indeed. I would indeed. <laughs> then okay so um I will, I'll, I'll let you go jacob well thanks for letting me on okay great what, what, great fun yeah i'm recording this at 1 p.m my time what, what time's it there right now um uh, about uh 7 p.m i had to translate in my head to your strange way of measuring time oh yeah you yeah canadians we don't use sort of a metric time or the 24 no, hour clock it's, yeah uh, it's 19 here in metric time but oh. it's 7 p.m in your time, okay. and probably in the major- majority of your view- your listeners' time. Great. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you have a good Sunday night then. Well, thanks. Okay. All right. Thanks. Great lot. fun. Thanks a lot, Jacob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Jacob, I'm gonna. It's, it's the sun is out and it's May, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get out and enjoy. It's raining outside. Do you have to torment me like this? Sorry. Yeah. Our our winters, our summers may be a bit longer than than your summers, but yeah, it's actually it's actually I blinked last June and missed the summer entirely. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah.